Hey, welcome back to Pigeonhole Hockey. This is Chris, and today's co-host, Steve. How's it going, hockey fans? And you know us, we're just a couple goalies that have taken one too many pucks at the head and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. We mostly cover the NHL, but we'll also discuss other happenings around the hockey world, so be sure to subscribe to this channel and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let us know what you think. And also be sure to comment and share any hockey news, highlights, or videos we should cover in an upcoming podcast. So uh, getting into it here, Steve, I wanted to kind of go over the the Colgate versus Syracuse game yesterday. I know me and you were kind of texting back and forth on it. They had some highlights from, from Friday night's games on YouTube, and then they were showing on ESPN Plus, they were showing the game live. So, you know, we kind of wanted to kind of go over some things we saw from the game and then give some shout outs here. So first we had, what was it? The uh, freshman, Rayla Clemens, out of Franklin, Michigan, opening up her collegiate career like a boss. Uh, just snipe all the way, man. <laughs> okay. First, like, I think it was her first shift in her first game. She gets her first goal. That is how you want to start a career. Yeah. Well, then she turns around and gets the second goal <laughs> shortly yeah, she, after. <laughs> yeah. Same. Uh, I think it was in the same. For, it was in the first period as well. Yeah. It? Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was just back to back goals. It was, it was well, well done on her. Um, first goal, you know, good. She made the move on the goalie. Think the goaltender should have had that one, but it happens, right? Because I think that was even the first shot on net. Yeah, um, and yeah, and that was a. Uh, you're talking about uh, Colgate's goalie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Col- yeah Colgate getting the goal. Um, you know, they're cutting. They're cutting across. Oh the yeah, middle. sorry. Yeah, they're cutting across the middle there. She's cutting across the middle to two defense. She beats them and just rips a quick shot. So smart on her. You know, gets that goal. And then it's like the second one. Um, yeah, coming on down. It's at about the four-minute mark of the game. And, you know, nice two-on. Nice two-on-one. Nice pass. And there was nothing the goalie could have done on the second one because she buried it upstairs. So, nice And that was uh, the orange goalie, uh, Allison Small, out of Nestleton, Ontario. Honestly, the game I was watching live yesterday, she faced a lot more shots than uh, Colgate starter uh, Kale Osborne. But Allison stood on her head for periods of that second game. And I'm imagining in in the first game, you only really got to see the goals for the highlights. If the game was live on ESPN plus or something else, I'd, it wasn't posted basically did in the first game, what she did in the second game that she was standing on her head for a bulk of the uh, first game as well. So shout out to a senior out of Nestleton, Ontario there, Allison small, cause hella game. I mean, really she played some good games. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, and then really after uh, after Rayla scored her goals there for, for the Orange, Maggie McCurchin out of Brooklyn, Ontario, a sophomore, basically uh, made it a one-goal game with 940 remaining in the game. You know, at that point, I think Colgate was had to have been, based off the, the shot totals, had to have just been lighting small up. Because yeah. then uh, Malia Schneider out of Malarville, Alberta, tied the game on a five-on-three. So I don't know what, what the Orange did there to go down five-on-three, but they did. And off they went into overtime, and it didn't take long into overtime before Sydney Bard out of New Hartford, New York, a sophomore, buried it 19 seconds into overtime for Colgate to, you know, get the first game of the season. So well done for Colgate there. And, you know, those were based off the highlights that we were able to watch on YouTube. Now, I know, Steve, you weren't able to see any highlights from the second game, so you were just listening to me tweet you about everything. (laughs) Listening to you tweet, yes. Uh, (laughs) I I have my tweets on closed caption because I'm old. And my eyes are failing. That was my excuse when I was a goalie, too, by the way. Yeah, so, yeah, you're saying that was a hell of, an, hell of a second game, too. 
Oh, it was a great else. second game. I, I discovered that it was actually on live TV because just looking for kind of some games to cover on YouTube. And I saw the Syracuse Colgate highlights. So I jumped onto it. And then pure coincidence, as I'm looking at tweets, I see that they're on ESPN Plus. I'm like, ESPN Plus doesn't show hockey. And it sure as hell doesn't show college hockey. And sure enough, there it was. I pulled up ESPN Plus and the game was live. And I couldn't have been any more happier to have live TV, not only on my, not just only have live hockey, but to have it on my TV. Like, I think I slipped up on words there, but super happy to have uh, hockey on television. So that was great. But then yeah, in game two, before I had actually tuned in, Alara McKay out of Brookfield, Wisconsin, scored a minute 28 into the game. And I think she also got the, the third goal of the game as well for her team. Syracuse, uh, is Kristen, I'm going to, Kristen, if you're listening, Sir Mascheski, Sir Mascheski. I'm sure she's dealt with this a lot. I cannot pronounce her last name. But Kristen, out of New Liscard, Ontario. Maybe even I screwed up the the town in Ontario. No, there. no, no, New Liscard. That's what it's called. New Liscard. Okay, so you're, yeah, you you got default. You got default to Canuck here, dude. Come on. <laughs> All right, there we go. Default Canuck. Well, can you pronounce her Canadian name here? So but you got Kristen there, but she basically was able to tie the game very shortly thereafter for for the Orange. But she was able to tie it there shortly after, and the game stayed tied for ever. The two goals by by Colgate came in the third period. Again, there's only only so much small could do because. Colgate was just lighting her up. Hey, just um, so you know, here as Don Cherry would say, that's a good Canadian name on Kristen. I could do do Liskert, but looking at her name, uh, I'd say uh, Sierra Mischewski. That's what I would say, but probably butchering it. We do apologize. You're at a new Liskert. So, again, good Canadian name. It's not Glenn, because we all love Glenn. Hockey Glenn. Uh, <laughs> we invite go, Kristen go. on to the next available podcast so she can correct us <laughs> on how to say her name. And, and then, by the way, if, ever, if people aren't getting my uh, references, it's the most Canadian commercials making fun of Americans. It was, those were epic. Also, did you not do you remember those commercials, too? We'll have to pull them on up at some point and put them on your Twitter. The goalies that would sneak around doing, you know, terrible things to other people. Like... Yes. The one goalie snuck in. I think it was the Habs goalie snuck into the Leafs locker room and wrote down on the chalkboard. Yeah, I remember the one. Sunday loves Abba. <laughs> yeah, I remember the one with Luongo. So yeah, those were pretty popular for a while, and I like that because us, us goalies are shady. But uh, then again, for uh, the game winner was actually scored by Rosie Demers out of Blainville, Quebec, junior for the Colgate Raiders, and that was kind of the the end of that game. You know, it was again that Mackay that scored that third goal, which I think it came really quickly really quickly after uh, Demir's goal. But, you know, congratulations to Colgate for, you know, getting their first two games of the season there. And, you know, I want to give a shout out again to the two goalies because Allison Small did stand on her head uh, while I was watching the game. But Kale Osborne out of Westburn, Ontario, the freshman, made a sick save. She Hopi-esque right there as she... A nice play came in, and she reached back with that stick, deflected off her stick, deflected off the post, and hell of a save there. Yeah, yeah. So, and okay, so here's one thing I'll tell guys. If you ever want to learn to score on a goalie or analyze a goalie to pick stuff up, have a goalie coach or ex-goalie watch them because we can pick out their weaknesses and what to do. But in this one right there, that's a hell of a desperation save. Great job on her, but the person who shot that puck, bury it. <laughs> oh my God! This is this is tuck all over again, isn't it? Yeah, but it's the, it's the same thing. No, three feet in the air with that goalie out there, it's done, right? It's done. Unless you threw it somewhere, like if she lunged across with her glove and somehow got that right, then just 
okay, you have no chance. That's just amazing, right? The stick is the only place that really, when you're caught like that, that you can you, you can jump across with, right? Unless you've got that up insane upper body and core strength to completely lunge and get yourself up in the air to block, right? Like that's very Marc Andre Fleury esque, by the way, if you can do that. But you know, the only place that the goalie can stop that is with the, with the paddle down. So you just got to elevate it. Get that three feet off the ice, and it's done. It's a goal. So nothing away from that goalie. Great desperation save on the shooter. Got to bury it. Got to bury it. I'm so. always – dude, I'm a goalie. As you are, you, I'm always going to side with my goalies. Well done, Kale. <laughs> uh, and, and, again, in game one, she stopped 11 of 13. In game two, she stopped 13 of 14. And then Allison Small of the Orange, uh, as I said, she got lit up. She uh, stopped – um, basically 25 of 28 in game one and 28 of 31 in game two. So uh, well done to both goalies. It was fun to watch the highlights and some live hockey game action there. I know you and I wanted to move into the NHL's proposal on a pay cut. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's all sorts of, you know, stuff with this, right? So they just signed a good job on them to avoid a lockout. You know, they signed their collective bargaining agreement. You know, we were all happy that this was going to be delayed, but then a global pandemic hit. All right. It happens. Yeah. And, you know, so normally, you know, regular Joes such as myself, you know, will say stuff like, you know, they are paid insanely well. And guys will talk about the sacrifices they have to make. And I'm like, yeah, but I'll even, I'll even point out one of my favorite goalies of all time. They have to give up one of their, uh, one of their vacation homes, man. Yeah, and that was exactly it. So Carey Price, right, making ten million, right. So if his salary gets cut by twenty five percent, that's not a big deal. Like there's people who right now do not have jobs, people who have been evicted from their homes because Congress and Senate, no, not let's just say the Senate can get together here in the United States and get get these people the relief they needed, right. There's people struggling just to survive as we're going into winter and the holiday season. Yes. So while this is going on, while these guys are saying, well, this is not what I signed up for, not none of us signed up for it. We've got yeah. healthcare workers literally risking their lives on a minute by minute basis, not even just daily, minute by minute in the hospitals, overworked, understaffed. Yep. And here for we have minuscule people, pay. For minuscule yeah. pay. For and survival pay. We're talking survival pay. This is even if you're making the league minimum right now and you're taking a twenty five percent pay cut, you're still making at least four to five times more than your average healthcare worker. Yeah. Now here's the one That's thing the league else, minimum. Yeah, no, no, the, the deflect back to that point is it should be on a bit of a scale, right? Anybody making, right. you know, eight, you know, let's call it seven to ten million, cut them by twenty five to thirty percent. Do it. Anybody that's you know in between that let's call it between say four to seven million dollars cut them by 15 to 20 and the other guys cut them by 10 percent because they're not because that pay that pay cut hurts them a heck of a lot more than it does in the guys in the upper echelon of it but come on but come on guys for them them to be complaining about taking a pay cut is just it's kind of a slap in the face to the fans truthfully it's like look at the, it's not, it's, it's not like the NHL it's the, it's owners the are doing this. World, man. It's a slap in the face to the entire freaking world. It's yeah. we don't we're we're elite, we're above you guys. We should never be affected by any of this because we didn't sign up for it. You you do have to train hard. You do have to have an elite level of talent, but at the end of the day, you're playing a kid's sport. 
for a living and making a hell of a damn good living. You, yeah. Most of you guys make more in a year than half of us do over a 10 to 20 year period. So yeah. as far as sympathy goes, zero. I would like you guys to show some empathy back towards everybody because it's the fans that support you guys, right? And here's one thing I'll tell you is an organization like the Arizona Coyotes is still trying to collect money from their fans for a season that's not going to have any attendance. They're still pulling money from us. Think about that, guys. People that right now are struggling in life, they're still trying to pull money from to help keep you guys afloat. Come on, guys. Do the right thing. Don't belly, yeah. don't moan. And the thing is, if they look for balance, like I may be overstepping here, but if they look for a balance thing like I was talking about, then cool. But don't do, we didn't sign up for this. Nobody signed up for a pandemic. Okay, I'm done my rant. Oof. Yeah, I was going to say, and, and no, I'm t- 100% with you. Like in, in normal circumstances, it, it was even at a point slightly knowing, but you, you sided with the players in terms of the fact that the players maybe were in these previous times with lockouts and stuff. We're maybe getting the short end of the stick as they are the ones that were bringing in the fans. But again, if the owners aren't making money, they don't, you know, the players don't get paid. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a business at the end of the day, hockey is a business and hockey players are independent contractors. You know, you can go where you want. You can sign for what you want. You don't have to sign. No one is forcing you to play, you know, outside of your contract. This is a, like you said, it is a sport. They're not making the money that they need to make to pay your contracts. Now, they might be millionaires, billionaires, right? And they might have other revenue sources. Who knows how those are doing, how those are not doing. You could digest and analyze a lot of different teams to see, oh, what could these owners actually do? What you don't want the teams to do is start folding in on themselves and the contracts go to hell because now you have other people buying the teams because these guys don't want to. They need to fill the seats, y'all. NHL players, the seats need to be filled in order for your contracts to get paid. Now, there are other revenue sources, again, TV contracts and all, but without, without fans in the seats it's it's going to hurt the bottom line and you just got to suck it up for a season like this one to accept the fact that you're not going to get your full paycheck boohoo you know it's it is what it is and as steve said you're not going to get any sympathy from the fan base at all for this isn't what i signed up for suck it up take 55 75% of your your contract as as what's being proposed and just shut up. Yeah, like like Steve said, like the bulk of us are very average <laughs> to middle, lower middle class uh, people that watch and stuff. So, what what you guys make in a season, it would take us, like he said, 10, 15, 20 years of working. And I'm sorry, being in a couple different uh, arenas at this point, there's a lot of guys. And, and girls within these organizations that work harder than the hockey players. So you guys train. Your, your goal is to train, to be out there, to do all that stuff. But you, you sacrifice being in the best shape of your life and having nutritionists and massage therapists and everything you could ever need on top of the best locations to travel and everything cared for you and taken care of for you so that you can play at this level for 5 to 15 years. You make that little sacrifice and you have hundreds of millions possibly in your bank account, maybe tens of millions, but maybe even just millions, depending on your level of hockey. Shut up. It's not that much of a sacrifice as to the people in the background doing the heart heavy lifting so that you can have 
all of this. It just because maybe you grew up in a, a family that could put you on the ice. I didn't. I did not grow up in a family that could yeah, afford but, to but put me in so Let's, let's so, talk about this, right? Yeah. There's people who have spent their lives in, like, say, restaurants, right, that have yep. been in, in people's families for generations that they've been building on up. They've taken their life savings, put it in there, they were thriving, yep. and now they've lost it all because of this. So to put it into perspective, like, oh, we didn't sign up for this? Because that was the line I read in that article. We didn't sign up for this? Who said that? Which player? No, it wasn't a player. I think it was the NHLPA that said oh. that. And that's where I take extreme exception. We didn't sign up for that. Go play in Russia. Knock yourselves out, guys. We see yeah, how well bye. that works out for everybody. Go go yeah. do it. Because at this point, I'm a hockey fan, you know, but I'm a human being first and foremost. And you're right. You know what? If we can't afford to sign these guys, cut them all loose then. Have have that voice. Bye. Someone else will take your job. Yep, and somebody else will take that pay cut and smile. Yep. So so anyway, that's that's just my take on that. I hope these guys do the right thing. You know, and the other thing is, you know, people will say, Well, these billionaire owners, they're all taking hits right now and a half too, guys. So they didn't they also didn't sign up for a pandemic and then for their personal businesses to be taking massive hits. Right. So when people, the smaller guy looks on the defense of the hockey players and says, well, these billionaire owners, they've got no money coming in. What do you want to do? Bankrupt them so we don't have people that can actually own a hockey team. Exactly. Right? So there's give and take. Yeah, I'm never going to defend a millionaire billionaire. But if yeah. they're like this, if these billionaire millionaires, they're not making money, they might not keep that. Well, then, but, but then the tele- television revenue, I know they sign these contracts, but. I'm sure there's got to be something in there where they actually got to be able to show games being played in the advertisement dollars, right? I don't know mm-hmm. if that money still keeps rolling on in. So that's something that I would have to also know, too, because if the NHL is raking in that money still, well, guess what, boys? Where's that money sitting and where's it going? Can you not pay it on out as some type of relief? But, yeah, give and take on this, right? Yeah, and the thing is, you you got to look at it from, especially NHL players and such, and owners. I mean, the owners are fully aware, uh, but you got to look at this from the sport aspect of hockey. Yes, it's a game. Yes, you guys are, you know, getting paid. But you know, I'm just going to use one example of the arena I'm most familiar with, which is in Buffalo. And knowing that having worked in that arena, having worked around the players, having worked around the the staff there, here's the thing that's happening, guys. Right now. All those seasonal positions that get attached to the Buffalo Bandits, the Buffalo Sabres, and anything else that happens in that arena all season long, those people that work those concessions and sweat. Now, I have not done that for the Sabres, but I did that for the the St. Louis Blues organization stuff as a volunteer for, you know, raising money for my organization I was working in at the time. But I'm telling you what, working in those concession stands during those games is hard hot, just unappreciated work hours doing everything you need to do to serve the fans. And those are seasonal workers. And we're talking, guys, this is hours. This isn't a full day's work either. So a lot of people, and I knew several in Buffalo, who part of working those concession stands and being the person that monitors the beer delivery to all the people that deliver the beer to you and your seats in your arena. None of them people are making that money right now. And they rely on that money mm-hmm. to make bills. And without without these games going on, and this involves the NBA, the NFL, the Major League Baseball, these people that work these roles aren't getting paid. They've had to find alternative routes. It's not like they could go to restaurants right now. 
a lot of people working at restaurants have, have competed to keep their jobs. You know, hairstylists have competed to keep their jobs. Uh, dry cleaners are going out of business. You've got physical therapists that aren't getting people in because people aren't supposed to be near each other and they don't want to be touched and everyone's afraid of the virus. And there's a lot of businesses and a lot of areas of this nation and this world that are struggling and falling apart. And you're going to complain that you're only getting 75% of your seven and a half million dollar contract play mm-hmm. the game shut up or get out mm-hmm. <laughs> it's that simple you're nobody signed up for this so yeah, yeah. I, I think and that's why i think me and you were triggered when we saw that article because it was just like are you kidding well me? it's it's really it's really personal because you know again i know so working in healthcare like i do i've seen people's you know as travel nurses and technologists their contracts get cut due to covid so there's people who had jobs and all of a sudden one day they've already paid out their rent for the next two months, right? And they're going to hospitals in desperate need, get cut, and then not have work for six months, okay? And then you watch this across the board. Like in, this is just one little small area. You watch gyms, right? Yep. It, like whole tons of stores, right? Because online shopping has been the bigger thing, right? We've yep. also seen grocery workers who make minimum wage or slightly above getting sick and dying, because they had, they were deemed essential and had to get out there and work, right? We've seen all of this stuff happen. So for guys, again, playing a sport who now deem themselves, because what the way I look into this is, well, we didn't sign up for this. Oh, so you're above all of us. You're better than all of us. Yeah, it's, it's, it's but just... But no, I'm, I'm with you. It's just that there's a lot of people going through some of the worst times of their lives. And honestly, look at this from the, the mental health perspective of a lot of people right now. And I think early on in COVID, there's a lot of celebrities that lost a lot of fans based off of how they were handling COVID. Based off of, oh, look, we're all trapped inside. We're all the same now. But when you saw the backgrounds and what they were doing and they had like servants in their homes and stuff, you're like, no, you are not like the rest of us. And the, the mental health issues coming out of this have been... They're going to be, who knows what that's going to look like now, because so many people, we're we're a social being and to be trapped in your home. Like I am sitting at my dining room table, watch, listening to my dog pace back and forth. So if everyone can hear my German shepherd pace back and forth, uh, that she's a pretty little dog. I'll post her picture on Twitter. You know, thanks everyone for listening again. This is pigeonhole hockey. Give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Let us know what you think. And you know, we're always looking for other people to chime in here and, uh, you could be that next person. So let us know what you think. Give us an idea of what we should be talking about, or maybe a game we should be covering that we can actually watch live. We love free live hockey. And I also have ESPN plus. So ESPN plus plug there more hockey, please. Way less men's soccer, please. And I'll watch a lot more. So thanks again. This is Pigeon Hockey. This is Chris and Steve. Have a great one, hockey fans. And we'll catch you next time.